Hey everyone, this is Stephen Overbaugh and thank you once again for joining me today on this podcast. I'm really excited for what we're going to get into today. I always trust the Lord for utterance and trust the Lord for the anointing and I'm excited to teach the Word of God to you today. And I would just encourage you to join your faith with me and believe God that you're going to receive everything that you need today and and that you're going to receive fresh revelation. You're going to receive the uh, a fresh anointing from the Holy Ghost and you're going to you're going to grow and you're going to see things like you never saw them before. And so as always I encourage you to get your bibles out, get your uh notepad out and paper and pens out and um if you can and just get ready to study the word of God with me today and we're going to look at um what we have been looking on at for the last couple weeks, few weeks. We've been talking about the Holy Ghost and the church, we've been talking about how the Holy Ghost is a gift to the church. You know, I think a lot of us like to receive gifts. Uh, Receiving gifts is something that makes people happy, and it also is something that makes people happy when they get to give gifts. Giving gifts and receiving gifts makes uh, people happy, and we, we give gifts during holidays, during birthdays, during Christmas time. It's uh, we're coming up on Christmas right now, and that people are getting ready to give gifts to each other, and we get excited about this time. And you know, as we like to give gifts in the natural to each other, our heavenly Father has given us a gift, and it's the gift of the Holy Ghost. You know, the Scripture refers to Him as a gift. The Scripture refers to the Holy Ghost as a gift, and He's a gift to the church. It's for our profit. It's for our benefit to receive the Holy Ghost. And if we have received him, it's to our benefit to flow with him and to be full of him all the days of our life. And the our Heavenly Father gave us this gift. The scripture teaches that, and we're going to look at it today. He gave us his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is a gift to the world. And the Lord Jesus Christ came down to rescue the world, to save the world. The scriptures teaches how that through the world, or, or through the through Jesus Christ, the world might be saved. Through him, the world would be saved. And Jesus Christ is a gift to the world. And when you come into Christ, when you receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, then the Holy Ghost is a gift that you can receive. The Holy Ghost is the gift to the church. And so thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you have your Bibles today, you can open them with me to the book of John chapter 14, like we have been. And we've been using this as our text, our main text the main scripture that we turn to and there's so much revelation in this scripture there's so much that we can look at and we haven't come to the end of it yet we never will of all the revelation all the truths that are in this uh, passage of scripture but in John chapter 14 and verse 16 the scripture says I will pray the father this is Jesus speaking I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, 
because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I'm reading from a King James translation. And in verse 18, he goes on to say, I will not leave you comfortless. Jesus said that. I will not leave you comfortless. Well, now, we have looked at this for the last few weeks. And I want to point out something to you once again that we have already looked at, but it bears repeating. Jesus said, I will pray the Father, he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. And if you study this out, look at this word and look at the meaning of what Jesus was saying here, it actually means one just like me of the same type. So in other words, the Holy Ghost is the same type as of comfort as Jesus. He brings the same type of comfort. He is one just like me, Jesus said. He is the comforter, another comforter, one just like me. And so it's important to recognize that Jesus comforts his church, brings comfort to his church through the person of the Holy Ghost, the third member of the Godhead. The Father God is bringing comfort to his children through the person of the Holy Ghost. God is not your condemner. God is not out to convict you. God is your justifier, and God is your comforter, and the scripture teaches us that the Holy Ghost is a comforter. He is a counselor, a helper, an intercessor, a strengthener, an advocate, and a standby. And, you know, it doesn't sound like within all of those names that, that have to do with the Holy Ghost that refer to him, that he is try, he's out to get you, he's out to harm you, or that he's out to condemn you, or that he's not for you. No, he is for you. He is with you. Notice Jesus said that he may abide with you forever. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter uh, what you've done. The, the Holy Ghost is always present to lift you up and to bring you into the perfect will of God for your life, to lift you up and bring you into the blessing of God for your life, to lift you up and take you into greater things in your life. He's always a present help. And like I said, you know, he's there with you on your worst day and on your best day. He's there with you on the good days and the bad days. He's there with you when you're when you're doing just fine, walking high and proud, and on the days when you feel low and you're down. He's with you. He's your comforter no matter what. You know, a lot of times we think that God is condemning us and, and um, angry at us when we do wrong. And he wants to bring judgment down upon us for mistakes that we make and stuff like that. But actually, the, the, the scripture teaches, according to the New Testament, um, that, the, that the Lord is not out to condemn us. That he is our, he's there to comfort us and bring us back into the light. Let me show you a scripture. Hold your place here and turn over to 1 John 
chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. I'm sorry, look at 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, look at verse 19. 1 John chapter 3, verse 19. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For verse 20, if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Now notice where condemnation can come from. Notice what can condemn us. Well, it's our heart, according to verse 20 of First John chapter 3, verse 20. It's our heart that condemns us. And we talked about it a little bit last week, but when you were made a new creature in Christ Jesus, you got a new nature. Old things were passed away, behold, all things became new. And to sin as a believer, as a Christian, that will convict your heart that will grieve your heart and your heart will condemn you for it you know where before you were saved it was okay to do whatever you wanted to do and you you didn't feel bad about it now in christ as a believer as a born-again christian it hurts you in your spirit to do wrong lying hurts you in your heart your heart will condemn you for lying your heart will condemn you for uh getting out of love and and treating people unkindly and wrongly your heart will condemn you when when you do things that you shouldn't do listen to things you shouldn't listen to your heart will condemn you when you look at things you shouldn't look at or act and behave in ways that is is not pleasing to the lord but notice that it's not god that brings condemnation against us god isn't the one that's condemning us the scripture teaches how if our heart condemn us god is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. But look at verse 21. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, we have confidence toward God. We have confidence toward God. And so what John was teaching here, it's better to live guilt-free in your spirit, to do right, to live right, don't live a life that grieves your spirit because when you're living a life that's pleasing to the Lord walking in the light walking in the truth you can have a you'll have a confidence toward God you'll have a confidence in his presence but when you're when you're doing things that aren't right your heart will condemn you and then you'll have a a guilt that comes on you and you won't want to come into God's presence you won't have a confidence in his presence and that's why it's so important that we live guilt free that we live with a pure conscience that we if we mess up we make it right and and we live and protect our heart and do what's right and not not grieve our heart because we need to have a confidence toward God in life and you know turn in your bibles over to 1 John chapter 1 I'll show you another scripture 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 says, If you walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 teaches us that if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, there's fellowship with God, with one another, 
with the Lord Jesus Christ, with our Father God. And notice the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Well, you do notice that the scripture references that that there can be sin from time to time that we can commit, that there's that every single one of us from time to time can mess up and get into sin. But as long as we're walking in the light, as long as we keep coming back to the Lord and making things right before him, that blood is working on our behalf. That the blood of Jesus Christ is actively working for us to cleanse us from all that sin. But see, so many times people will get away from the light by insisting that they're doing okay or insisting on doing wrong or not making things right before God or going out and living for the world and in the world. And that's not walking in the light. Walking in the light means I'm walking before God in sincerity, in honesty. I want to do what he wants me to do. Yes, if I slip up and make a mistake, then the blood of Jesus is there to to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And it's our heart that will convict us and deal with us, condemn us when we make a mistake. But it's God who is our comfort. And the Holy Ghost is a comforter to the church. The Holy Ghost is a comforter to his church. He's not condemning his church. He's a comforter, not a convictor, not a condemner. And there's another scripture I want to show you. Look at Romans chapter 8. Look at the 31st verse, Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What shall we say to these things? Notice this. If God be for us, if God be for us, who can be against us? Well, we know that God is for us. In other words, what Paul is saying here is God is for us. Nothing can be against us. He's going to demonstrate how God is for us. He goes on to say, He who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Notice this. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Verse 34, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. So I want you to notice here that the scripture teaches that God is for us, not against us. And he demonstrates his love because he spared not his own son. He says he'll freely give us all things. He said, who is he that condemneth? Who is he that's going to lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Or in other words, who's who's going to come against you with accusations? Because it's God that justifieth. It's God that has justified you. And it's Christ that has died for your sins. And so because you've come to Christ, this is so important. You've come into a relationship and a fellowship with God to where he's no longer your condemner. Now, he is a, he will condemn and will convict and will judge the world for unrighteousness. And we know this to be true according to the scripture in John chapter 16 and the seventh verse. He starts, Jesus starts out by saying, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And notice what he will do. 
Notice part of the ministry of the Comforter, the Holy Ghost. Verse 8, when he has come, he will reprove the world. Well, that, that word reprove there means he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Verse 10, of righteousness because I go to my Father and ye see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of the world is judged. Well, I want you to notice that part of the ministry of the Holy Ghost is to reprove the world of sin, to convict the world of sin, and of righteousness, and of judgment. And so see, when the world is convicted, the world is reproved by the Spirit of God. But he is a comforter to the church. When you come out of darkness into the light, you come into the family of God, you come into fellowship with God, and the Holy Ghost becomes your comforter. And he, like Jesus said, will abide with you forever. So the enemy will try to convict. and the Or the enemy will try to condemn you. The enemy will try to tell you that you can't do this. Or you can't do things. You can't ever do anything good for God. That you're never going to come out of uh, situations in life. That you're no good. The enemy will be your condemner. And your heart when you mess up, can make you feel so grieved and, and make you, and your heart will just, will just, will just grieve you because, because what, of sin and things that we do wrong. But the Holy Ghost is right there to bring that comfort, to bring you back into a place of fellowship, to bring you back into the light and to, to encourage you to come back and to just do what's right. And I can tell you, I can attest to this in my life, there was a time when I was feeling so discouraged about something and so angry at myself for slipping in an area. And I was just so condemned and so grieved and and just was not forgiving myself like I needed to. And just in the midst of that uh, pit that I found myself in, that dark place I found myself in, the Holy Ghost was right there. He came in so sweetly to encourage me, get up, move on, forget the past, and let's let and just do better next time. And walk in the light. The blood of Jesus Christ is greater. You know, the Holy Ghost will point you right back to the Word. The Holy Ghost will point you right back to the blood. The Holy Ghost will point you right back to the light. And it's so vitally important that we yield to the Holy Ghost and follow Him back into what is right. Don't stay in the pit. Don't stay in condemnation. Don't stay um, in a place of hate and guilt towards yourself. But rise up and move on. Follow the Holy Ghost right back into the light. And let the love of God work in you and on you. Let the blood of Jesus cleanse you and move forward. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Because the Holy Ghost is our comforter, he will comfort us in all affairs of life. He'll bring comfort to our lives. He'll also do like what his um, name also means, because if you look up the word comforter, it has a sevenfold meaning. He'll also counsel us in all the affairs of life. He'll help us in all affairs of life. He'll intercede for us in our life. And Romans chapter 8 verse 26 talks about how he'll make intercession in prayer for us. Um, 
according to the will of God. He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Spirit helps our infirmities, the Scripture says there. For we know not what to pray for as we ought, but the, but the Spirit maketh intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. That's Romans chapter 8, verse 26. And so he'll intercede for the body of Christ in prayer. The Holy Ghost doesn't speak with tongues. He's, he's not speaking with tongues, but he'll give you the words to say. You speak with tongues. And as you're praying in the Spirit, he'll intercede for you before the will of God, or before God. And cause you to pray in line with God's perfect will. Scripture, or the word comforter also means that he's an advocate. So he will advocate for you. He will be an advocate in your life. Like an attorney. Be an advocate. Stand by you. He will be a strengthener in your life. And there's times when we can just feel so weak, so helpless, so... Um, Incapable, And the Lord, through the person of the Holy Ghost, will be a strengthener in your life. He'll be a strengthener in your life. He will strengthen you in your darkest hour, in your weakest moments. And I'm not just talking spiritually, although he will strengthen you in your spirit, but he'll strengthen you physically. He'll strengthen you in your soul. You can lean upon the strength that is in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. You know, there's days when I don't even feel like, and I think we've all been there, there's days when you just don't even feel like you want to get out of bed because you feel like you're so weak. You feel like you've just been going so hard or you've been you've been worn out. You're just worn slap out. And the Holy Ghost can be a strengthener in your life. There's times, uh, this is this just came up to me in my spirit this reminded me of this there's times when I know I need to be praying and the Lord will wake me up to pray in, in the middle of the night or he'll wake me up to pray uh, in the morning mostly in the middle of the night because I spend most of my time um, praying and studying the word of God at night but there's times when the Lord will wake me and in my physical man I just feel very weak I don't feel like I can get up I'm tired I'm struggling in the flesh. Your flesh is weak. You know, Jesus said that the spirit is willing. He said this in the gospel of John. He said this to the disciples at the garden of Gethsemane. He said to them, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so there's just times when your flesh is weak. And I've been there at that time where I'm just so tired in the flesh. And so, but I know in my spirit I need to get up. I need to get up and pray. I need to get up and spend time with the Lord. And so what do I do? Well, I have made it a practice to to confess what the Word says and to lean on the Holy Ghost. I say, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're my strengthener. I thank you that you quicken me in my mortal body according to Romans chapter 8. And I thank you, Lord, that you will work in me that quickening power the same quickening power that raised Christ from the dead, I think that that's working in my mortal body. And I thank you, Lord, that you strengthen me so that I can get up and do the will of God. Get up and do what you need me to do right now at this moment. And guess what? Every single time when I've acted in faith on that, the strength is right there. The strength is right there present to help me. And that's what the Holy Ghost does. He's a strengthener, not just spiritually, but physically and solically. 
In Romans chapter 8, verses 11, which I quoted earlier, it talks about how he quickens your mortal body. And so lean on the Holy Ghost for strength. Strength. A lot of times people are dealing with problems in their family, and, and there's there's weakness within a relationship, and there's a weakness in um, just marital problems, and and you feel like you just can't continue to move, to do you know what you need to do and the holy spirit will strengthen you during those times strengthen you during those those weak times in your life those impossible times he'll bring it he'll bring a strength to your life the scripture also said that he's a standby the another meaning of that name comforter is that he's a standby thank god that he'll stand by us. You know, it may feel like nobody else is standing by you at times. It may feel like you're alone. It may feel like that you're uh, without anyone. And the Holy Ghost, he makes such a wonderful standby during those times because he is the standby. When nobody else is standing by you, when nobody else seems to be with you, he is with you. He will stand by you. And like we said, not just on the good days, not just on the days when we do right, but on the days when we feel like we can't do it or the days we're struggling. He is a standby. And that's the sevenfold meaning of his name, comforter. He is a comforter, a counselor, a helper, an intercessor, a strengthener, a standby, an advocate. And Jesus said he will abide with you forever. Glory be to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now we talked about how the Holy Ghost is a gift and how he's a gift from the Father to the church. Now I want to give you scripture to uh, furthermore um, lay this lay this foundation and continue to um, prove this point. Turn over in your Bibles to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, and look at the 11th verse. Luke chapter 11, verse 11. Notice Jesus is teaching. In my Bible, it's called the parable of the good father. And Jesus says here, If a man, or if a son, shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, Will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you, well, first of all, the, the obvious answer is no. As a father, you would not give your son or your daughter something, first of all, that he didn't ask for, something bad for him or something evil towards him, would you? Because if you truly love your parent, your kids, if you truly love your kids, you're going to give them the desires of their heart. You're going to give them what is good for them. Well, Jesus was proving this point, and he said, "If you being evil, that also that word evil there means earthly or carnal or even sinner, but you being earthly, carnal, or not and the same, not the same as God the Father." If you know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit 
to them that ask him. Now notice the context of what's being talked about here, what, G- what Jesus is teaching here. He's talking about good gifts, isn't he? Well, we said that the Holy Ghost is a gift to the church. If you being evil, that's a King James word, literally means earthly or carnal, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them which ask him? So notice Jesus is speaking of the Holy Ghost as a good gift, and it comes from your heavenly Father. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Now turn in your Bibles over to Acts chapter 3. And let's further uh, make our case here. Let's further uh, prove this point here of what we've been saying here. Acts chapter, uh, I said chapter 3, but look at Acts chapter 2. That's what I meant to say. Acts chapter 2. Look at the 38th verse. Now I want to first preface this with the context that Peter, the Apostle Peter, is preaching, and he is preaching Christ on the day of Pentecost. And you know the story, for sake of time, we're not going to read it, but they were all filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts 2-4 on the day of Pentecost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were devout men in Jerusalem. They came from all nations and they came to, and they saw these disciples, the 120 that were in the upper room that just got filled with the Holy Ghost and they see them and they are hearing them speak in tongues and they're seeing them act in a manner that is not normal and they think that they're drunk with new wine or they think that they're they're intoxicated and Peter gets up in the midst of this whole thing that's going on and people are asking what's this mean what meaneth this the king james said and or what does this mean what is this what is all this supposed to mean or what is going on here in other words and people were mocking and people were questioning and wondering what in the world is happening because they're seeing these 120 disciples and they're not only speaking with tongues and speaking in a, in the language that people can understand because the tongues that they were speaking in was a sign to the unbeliever and they heard them speak in their own language and we don't have time to teach on it but there's scripture in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 11 talks about or 1 Corinthians chapter chapter 13 verse 1 talks about um, speaking with the tongues of men and of angels and being led by the spirit and speaking by the Holy Ghost you can speak in tongues that are of men not known to your own understanding but known to other men and it's a sign to the unbeliever and they're hearing this on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 4 and they're asking what is this what is going on not only that they're seeing them act like they're drunk because they're doing things that drunk people would do they're happy they're rejoicing there's I would imagine that they were stumbling around and they were they were you know doing things that you don't normally do unless you're intoxicated and that's one reason why some of the people were accusing them of being full of new wine Acts chapter 2 verse 13 says that 
Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. Well, you don't accuse somebody of being full of wine or full of alcohol unless they're acting like they're drunks. Because there is um, a move of the Holy Ghost and characteristics of the Spirit-filled life that will cause you to do things out of the ordinary. It's called joy in the Holy Ghost. Peter gets up and he starts to preach. And he said, these are not drunk as you suppose. He didn't say they weren't drunk, He doesn't, but he did say you're, they're not drunk as you suppose. It's not coming from the intoxication that you think it comes from, in other words. So the people, they obviously must have been doing something that made these people think that they were drunk. They must have been stumbling around. They must have been laughing. They must have been happy. And we don't have time to teach on it, but there are characteristics of the joy that's in the Holy Ghost. It'll cause you to be different. I've been there in services where I've fallen out under the power because I was full of the Holy Ghost. The glory of God was in the midst. I've been in situ- in services where I could not get up off the ground because I was drunk with the Holy Ghost. I've been in services where I've been crawling on the ground trying to get to uh, a p- my piano. I was supposed to be playing piano at one time, but I was on the ground and I was trying to get to it, but I couldn't get up, so I started crawling. Like all of these wonder, these funny things, and I've laughed in the Spirit. I've danced in the Spirit. I've ran in the Spirit. Like all of these characteristics of being filled with the Holy Ghost and the joy that's in the Holy Ghost. Well, it must have been going on in the day of Pentecost. Something happened that caused these people, in the people in the city, the city of Jerusalem, to to question and wonder what is going on. Now, that's not my teaching today, but I just want to add to it and and basically take a little side journey to say that we need to be open to the moves of the Spirit and the joy in the Holy Ghost because that is something that the church needs and that's something that's returning back to the church. Hallelujah. I'm going to take a side, little side journey and continue on this line for just a minute. I was in a service teaching one time. I was on the road teaching in a one in one church and t- I was getting towards the end of my message and I stepped over into prophecy and began to prophesy and I prophesied for almost an hour in this church well there were things that were called out by the spirit of god words of knowledge word of wisdom and just wonderful things that were being spoken spoken by the holy ghost and by the lord And I began to minister to the pastor's wife in this church where I was at. And as I'm ministering to her in the spirit, imparting things to her in the spirit, because, you know, you you can impart things to people through utterance and through the anointing. And there were through the 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 manifestations of the spirit, there is there are times when as you're speaking forth the the word of god and prophesying that that there's impartations being made to people there's there's the anointing is being poured into people's lives and poured out into people and i was just ministering to this pastor's wife here at this church bringing the impart and there's just an impartation of the spirit of god being made to her well i knew in my spirit that there was a there was a need for joy that there was joy present in the room and that this that that the holy ghost wanted to move on this pastor's wife uh to yield to the the spirit of god and to 
and to do something in the natural to for breakthrough to take place in her life. I knew that she needed to respond to the joy of the Lord that was coming on her. And it was on her. You could see it. She was she was getting filled up with the Holy Ghost and the joy in the Holy Ghost was on her. And so I knew in the in the in my heart, I was led by the Holy Ghost. I knew the Lord said, Go over there and minister to her and and encourage her to step in and yield to the Holy Ghost. Well, I missed it and I delayed and I didn't do it. And a lot of times we have missed it from time to time. And so I missed it and I didn't do it. And so the service came to a close and had ended. And we're all just kind of standing around talking. And the Lord is gracious, isn't he? We're standing around talking. I'm talking to an individual. But that joy was still on her. The anointing was still on the pastor's wife. It hadn't left yet. And God is my witness. Even after the service was already over, even though I had missed it and not gone over there to encourage her to step out in and yield to the Holy Ghost, she ended up running around the church auditorium, the church sanctuary, with another individual and laughing and and rejoicing and running around. And we're all just standing around talking. Service is over. People would think that the Holy Ghost had left or that, that, that everything was done that needed to happen. But no, there was more. And she just yielded and she started running around the church, laughing and dancing and rejoicing. Well, there's joy in the Holy Ghost. And guess what that did? It brought breakthrough in her life. It, she broke through some things that she was dealing with in her life. And she was blessed because of it. Well, I can't said all that to say there's going to be times when yielding to the Holy Ghost means that you're going to step out and do something in the natural. Respond to the joy of in the Holy Ghost. And as you do, it'll bring breakthrough in your life. It'll bring breakthrough in your life. Laughing in the Spirit. Dancing in the Spirit. Running in the Spirit. Shouting in the Spirit. Rejoicing in the Spirit. Joy in the Holy Ghost, like Romans chapter 14, verse 17 talks about. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. But now, so Paul, so back to what we were teaching on originally, about how the Holy Ghost is a gift. Peter gets up. He says, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. He goes on to teach and to bring the, the message of the gospel. Now you're in Acts chapter 2, and we said the 38th verse, correct? In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter begins to tell the people what they must do. They were asking, what must we do? What shall we do in verse 37? Because Peter's preaching this message of the gospel, and everyone's like touched. They're convicted, like the scripture said in John chapter 16. The Holy Ghost brings that conviction, verse 8. He'll convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Well, they were convicted. And they said, what shall we do? And Peter tells them what to do in verse 38. And this is what we wanted to get to. Peter said, repent. I love that word. It's not a word that's used very much in the church anymore. But there is a repentance that we're called to. Repent. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. Notice the baptism that he was talking about here. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins or unto the remission of sins. 
So notice there's two baptisms. There's baptism into Christ. There's baptism in the Holy Ghost. And that's being filled with the Spirit of God. But here Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. So that's when the world comes into Christ. They receive that gift. They, And remission means removal of that sin. Your sins are removed. You're forgiven. And notice, And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, now what did Peter say the Holy Ghost was? He said he was a gift. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost is a gift. He's a gift to the church. Because see, notice, they had to come to Christ first. They had to be baptized in the name of, of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And once they came in to Christ, they qualified to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 39 says, For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. See, this was a promise made. This is a promise from our Heavenly Father. And John chapter 14, 15, and 16 talks about that, how he from, comes from the Father, the Holy Ghost, the gift. It's a promise unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The Holy Ghost is a gift. A gift to the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And he is a comforter in our lives. Not a condemner. He's a comforter. And he wants to abide with us. He shall abide with you forever, Jesus said. And, you know, we can lean on him. We can rely on him. We can we can we can trust him and we should be led by him like the scripture teaches Romans chapter 8 verse 14 and 16 talks about being led by the spirit of God and you know we don't have to go through life without comfort we don't have to go through life without help we don't have to go through life doing it on our own no we should be leaning on the the spirit of God every single day of our lives in the big areas in the small areas and everything in between, we can look to him. We can, we can, and we should be acknowledging him in our life. And he's a very present help. He is the comforter to the church. Guys, I trust that you were blessed by this. I thank you once again for listening to this podcast. Remember, you can follow uh, Stephen Overbaugh Ministries on Facebook, YouTube, and now on Roku TV, we're going to be uh, broadcasting there and so you can be blessed by that and we're going to be going going on more platforms in the uh, months to come years to come we're going to be getting on more platforms and being able to reach out more and more and get the message out and once again thank you for partnering with me thank you for listening thank you for joining me and thank you for sowing into the ministry and being a part of what God is doing right here at Stephen Overbaugh Ministries and um, know that I pray for you. Know that I believe God with you and for you and your families. So be blessed and we'll uh, get into some more word next time. Hey everyone, this is Stephen Overbaugh and I just wanted to give an encouraging word to you on this uh, 
Christmas uh, day that we're having here. Um, you know, it's a wonderful time that we can get together with our families, have a meal, open presents, and just enjoy the holidays with each other. But the ultimate gift, the most important gift, the most precious gift that we can enjoy on this Christmas day is the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus came to the earth and was sent from the Father as a gift to the world, and he is the Savior of the world. And we know this to be true, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life, John 3.16. We know this to be true, and for so many of us, we've received that gift. We've received the gift of eternal life. We've received the gift of Jesus Christ. And, and you know, today is a day of remembrance. Today is a day where we can remember the wonderful things which the Lord has done for us. You know, it's important that we not forget the reason for the season because he is the reason for the season. And, you know, in my family, we have a wonderful tradition we've kept for so many years where before we open any gifts, before we do anything, we sit down with our Bibles and we read the Christmas story together and we put God first. And we study the word and what the scripture is saying concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, which he came as a baby in the manger. He came and he was born in the lowest place, in the most humble place. But we know that when Jesus comes for us again, the second time, he's coming as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he's coming to receive us unto himself. He said, I go to prepare a place for you in John chapter 14, that where I am there, you may be also. And it's in his father's house. It's in our father God's house. And so the Lord is coming back for us and he's going to receive us unto himself. But at this time of the year, this season, it's so important that we put ourselves in remembrance of the Lord and what he has done for us, what he has provided for us. You know, I would encourage you to go back and take time to look at the scripture, to take time and look at the word of God and what it says concerning Jesus Christ. You know, and we, we celebrate this time because he came as a baby, but there's so much more than, it's so much more than that. He came to redeem mankind. He shall save the, his people from their sins, the prophet said concerning him. And so, yes, enjoy this time with your family, but remember the reason for the season. Remember that God loves you. Remember that he's for you and not against you. Remember that he has great plans for you. And I just want to encourage you, the Lord's already been dealing with me about this next year that we're going to be coming into. And there's things he's going to be showing us um, in the months to come. But he's but he's been showing me just the wonderful plans that he has for this next year. And, you know, we have much to look forward to. The Lord has reward for his people, those who will obey, those who are faithful to him, those who trust him, those who follow him. He has reward for them. You know, Jesus said in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 12, Behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be. And so we can understand and know and have full assurance that the Lord Jesus is coming back and he's coming back very soon and he's coming back with a reward. And, you know, we can 
be, we're living in the season of his return. We're living in the season of his coming. And so we need to be looking up for our redemption, draweth nigh. I know there's a lot of craziness in the world right now. There's a lot of terrible things happening right now in the world, in nations and governments, and just just as a society, people are are hopeless and without um, answers, and they're confused, and they're tormented, and they're struggling. But we have the answer, and we can look up because the Lord Jesus Christ, He is our answer. And we can look to what is on the inside of us, to the Holy Ghost that's within us. We can look to the Word of God, and we can follow and live in that. Because the Lord has given us answers. He's caused us to to have victory in our life if we'll only walk in the light of His Word and not be moved. And so it's so important that we live out of who we are in Christ. And live out according to what the Word says about us. And not only that, but be full of the Holy Ghost and full of his presence in our lives every single day, walking and living in the spirit. And so I just want to encourage you today. The Lord has much in store for his church. He wants to, he wants to bless his church more than he ever has before. He wants to, he wants to bring greater grace to his church and place it upon his church like never before. There's greater things for the body of Christ to step into. There's greater things for you to step into. And so it's it's time. It The time is now. It's a time of reaping. We're coming into a time of harvest. We're coming into a time of reaping. We're coming into a time of reward. And so I would just encourage you to believe the word of God, to keep standing on the word of God and not be moved because greater things are in store to those who believe. And so thank God for his word and thank God for his spirit. And again, on this Christmas time, remember the Lord. Remember what he's done for you. Remember how he's brought you out. Remember how he's healed you. And be grateful this season. You know, I love the scripture in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And then he says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's verse 20, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. Giving thanks always. You know, we should be filled with thanksgiving. We should be filled with gratefulness. Our hearts should be filled with praise unto him for all that he's done for us. And so remember him and thank him for his wonderful blessings in our life. And I want to encourage you to get ready for 2022 because it's going to be even better than all we've seen so far. Be blessed and get ready because God has more in store for you.